This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Drive out with a car! With your host, Mark Martinez. Remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. And the English professor. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the dumpster, Drosy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and I say evening because we are recording on Saturday night because I got shit to do tomorrow. Um, there might be a birthday party. There might not be a birthday party. Chad's going to dig a ditch. John, I don't know what the hell he's going to do now, but I have to go to Mass tomorrow. There's a big Mass tomorrow, so that's really why we're recording tonight. It is only still coming out on Sunday, but you're going to hear us loud, drunk, and obnoxious, because I'm a few in already. Um, right now, I have a Miller Lite in front of me and a Endless River, still donated by Justin Placer. Endless River is from eastern North Carolina. I don't know. Uh, it's peace, love, and beer. Let's, I'll try it. John, what are you drinking? Yeah, why not? Peace, love, and beer. Are there three better things in the world? Jesus I, Christ, this is amazing. Sorry. Is it good? Yeah, tell me. Yeah, here we go. It's refreshing. It's There's a fruity flavor to it. It's I don't know the color, but it says it's light gold. It's light. It, it's a light It's a light beer, but there, it packs a punch. I'm trying to find the alcohol level. Oh, it's only a 4.9, but it's, oh my God, this is great. I only have one of them. Justin Placer, come on, hook me up better. By the way, uh, what, what are you drinking, Chad? I got Miller Lite and a Black Cherry Bud Light Seltzer. I, John, I know you, you want to tell everybody what you're drinking. The beginning of Corona, I started drinking these Bud Light Seltzers, guys. I'm telling you, they... I drank probably a 30-pack one night because you know how I am, an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> I, I dr- and they don't leave you feeling like a bag of shit the next day. The hops and the barleys and everything, it's straight-up alcohol and sparkling water with flavor to it. It's unbelievable what it can do to you. You would, dest- wow. you would destroy another bathroom again. I'm sure about that. Oh, kind Kind of the way you destroyed kayfabe by announcing when we were taping this. Yeah, come on, sure, keep with the business. Right off the bat, right off the bat, Mark's tearing down the fourth wall. Right, way to way to go, way to go there, Vinny Junior. All right, John. Finally, what are you drinking? I. Am but wait a minute, there's more. No. <laughs> Sorry. Who did you call right. a bitch? I know you made fun of me last week about bitch. It's Thistle Finch Rye Whiskey from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know, a couple of Christmases ago, my brother-in-law, who lives in Lancaster, visited, brought me a bottle, and I've loved it ever since. And I found out right here in Pittsburgh in the Strip District, we have a liquor store that sells nothing but Pennsylvania whiskeys. I want, um, what would you call it, a pour or a stopper to put on top so I can measure the shots. I never measure it. So, Mark, you saw the glass I have here. I probably have like six or seven shots poured over ice in the glass all at once. But 
it goes down very easily. It's 90 proof, so it'll get you messed up in a hurry. Um, let's see. They're proud to present their straight rye whiskey. Easy for me to say after a few shots of this. This uncommon rye is produced from a unique mash bill of rye, wheat, and malted barley. Uh, it's very smooth, guys. It goes down very easily. Um, I don't drink often, but when I do, I, I enjoy some of that thistle finch out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So you're going to tell me by the end of this podcast, you're going to sound like Chris LaRusso on a Jack Pollock six-pack thing just mumbling in the main event. But I promise I won't pass out in the middle of it like he did. He was done. Remember that? The very <laughs> well, maybe, maybe too, John. By the end of this, you'll you'll quit picking on such a gentleman like Jimmy Nuts and oh. and actually move up to somebody. Maybe challenge uh, what, what Wardlow? No, or, no, Vegas, Vegas. Oh, Jimmy Vegas. Yeah, Jimmy you know, Vegas. come on, oh, God, come on, no, you know, yes. liquid courage, buddy. Come on. I have no delusions. That guy wouldn't even have to use his arms. He could knock me out with his chest muscles if he hit me with one of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, side note, since you brought up Jimmy Vegas, uh, one of our good friends, uh, the Dark the Dark Match podcast, uh, just had Jimmy on, did his kind of like spotlight. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. I want to see if he kind of tells the same stories like we did, but uh, give them a listen. Um we have some pretty fucking amazing news that we can't share with anybody yet. If you if you looked on the the Twitter or if you looked on Instagram, you saw this this picture with John in a nine head. Uh, there's there's a company that did a caricature of us, two of us, um, for a product for a product that we can't tell you that we're the only wrestling podcast part of, which is pretty awesome. But it's about a month away. So when we when we get it, we'll share it. We'll tell you where you can get it, so on and so forth. It's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Both of you know. I, I let Chad in. I, John knows, of course. Um, it's crazy. They, they found us. They, they, they said, hey, they, they're watching our, more or less, they're watching our stats. So they're like, we need to get in now. All right, get in. Can't correct their fucking nation. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> There's the first F-bomb. I'm ready to go tonight. <laughs> we haven't done a night one in forever, so we might as well just get into this. Uh, let, let's start with sad news. This way we can just completely be jackasses all over again. Uh, this week, the wrestling world lost a legend. A legend. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2. So, Johnny I will Walker. raise my beer. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. And we don't. We should have. We should have planned for this, you idiots. And had shots of Johnny Walker. Well, you're in charge. Uh, to Mr. Wrestling yeah. 2. To 2. Blaming us. Yeah, Mr. Wrestling 2. Um, my fondest memory of him is training Magnum TA. Those segments, they're what make me love wrestling. Like, me lifting the bag of sand or cement or whatever. Magnum tries it. It's a good knee lift. But Mr. Wrestling's like, no, you got to get out of the way. you got to do this. Pow, and he hits it in sand, just pours out of there. And Then they're watching video, and Magnum TA's, like, getting the upper hand, so he's working the crowd. And Mr. Wrestling just like, what are you doing? You haven't won yet. When you win, you raise your hand. Don't you know anything? He put Magnum TA through the ringer in that training session. 
Kind of like Slaughter did Greg Gagne at the boot camp. Yeah, yeah. I think with wrestling, Mr. Wrestling, too, the fondest memory I have of him is from last year when we talked to Magnum at uh, the Crockett Cup. And he said that wrestling, too, could not, he was such a good guy, he could not fathom being a rule breaker. He didn't know how he to didn't know how to do it. He just he felt like a, a, a you know two week rookie in training camp when he was trying to be a bad guy and he didn't like it. He really hated that was his like least favorite line, but it was fun working with Magnum because he knew you know, obviously didn't know about the accident coming up or whatever. Uh but Magnum was gonna be huge in it. the business. Yeah. And he loved absolutely loved working with him and then he said they brought bill dundee in and as magnum put it i believe he said because dundee could be the ultimate little prick that's i think that's what he said yeah <laughs> uh, i was i was gonna piggyback that as well saying that he couldn't be a bad guy uh, and i never got to talk to mr wrestling too or anything john videos you know uh, just hearing that from magnum that it, that was his life being the good guy and he turned on Magnum, right? I, I kind of remember. I'd have to look it up, but there was like a uh, a whipping match. Like the loser would have to get whipped. It was a tag team match, and wrestling two abandoned him. And maybe mix of things. Yeah, then like Magnum took the whipping for both of them. Yeah, Magnum Magnum took it. That's what started their feud. Uh, wrestling two beat Junkyard Dog for the North American title, and then. The blow-off match with Magnum and Wrestling 2, Magnum, that's where he captured the North American title. That's how the whole whole string kind of went with him. And that's why he's a guru. Would this have been Watts, Chad? Bill Watts territory? Oh, who was? Um, why didn't you ask me? No, I said Chad. I don't. Why didn't I ask you? No. You know, I'm asking the guru. John, I would... I would be, I think this started in Mid-South before. Yeah, that would have been, been Watts then, I believe, Mid-South. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how early Watts had control of yeah. Mid-South. Yeah. I know the Booker was Dundee. That's the only thing I can remember. I would have to. The Booker I, was Dundee. Not being the dicks during the pot, but I, I don't think Dundee ever booked for... Uh, NWA or anybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. so it would it would make sense. Um, so Johnny Walker, Mr. Wrestling, two up up there in the in the ring in the sky now. Um, shifting gears, WWE's made a change, and what the hell? What I I don't know if it's good or bad. Chad just uh, Sandman just can. So apparently he wants to go first. What what I'm just. Paul Heyman has now shifted gears into being what now? Nothing. Um, Bruce Pritchard replacing Paul Heyman with creative control. Running both shows now. Running both shows now. Um, I This is going to be bad, guys. Um, I'll, be, I'll be nice and say there's going to be wrestlers like Liv Morgan and Apollo Crews who have been getting... Uh, a push and much more appreciated. Uh, I think this is going to hurt them because we know how Vince was with them before. Well, Paul's now the U- U.S. champ, but right, how, you, 
That's gone. You know, that can be just gone just as quick as it came. Um, Baszler is another one that was brought up. Ba- yep. Shayna Baszler. Um, oh, I can't think. There was, But I'll just, and I don't mean to be disgusting or mean when I say this, but Bruce Pritchard, you can't tell where his lips begin and Vince's ass stops. So that's what this is going to turn into. John, yeah. that was a nice uh, smirk. So, I've never been a big Paul Heyman fan, and, and, you know, I was always a fan of Jim Cornette. So, when he showed up at the Midnight Express and then the Simone SWAT team, I was a kid and I hated him then, and maybe I'm letting that affect my judgment of him now. I'm still, I'm not a fan. There needed to be a change, guys. Raw is struggling. It's unwatchable. I understand there needs to be a change. What I read in the article that you post on Facebook, Mark, is that Vince just, he doesn't listen to Paul Heyman. So Heyman's got some ideas, and Vince just doesn't listen. I can't disagree with that because up until now, the show hasn't been great. But kind of piggybacking on what Chad said, he just all he did was place a yes man in there. He didn't bring in somebody new with fresh ideas. He just put a yes man in there. And, and that's all Brother Love or whatever the hell his name is, Bruce Pritchard, is going to do is, is be a yes man. Um I hope it gets better. I don't know that it will necessarily with Bruce Pritchard at the helm, but I don't, Pat Patterson's got like one of the greatest minds in the business. Ah, maybe have him run a show. It can't hurt at this point. I think the problem with Pat Patterson doing it, I would I would wholly agree, is just Pat's age um, yeah. and what it's going to take. You know, I'll I'll say I agree. John, as far as Paul Heyman, but the one thing, if you could stand to watch ECW, he hated in that he he could make anyone believable. Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, that was the Christ. exact one. I was <laughs> the exact Whipwreck. one I was thinking of. Um, he just he knew how to. He just had that mind, that creative mind. And Pritchard, like you said, he's a yes man. It's going to be what entertains Vince. The ratings have sucked on both shows. It's, you know, Vince says it's, oh, it's because of all the new talent. No, it's because of the shit's stale. Yeah. Everybody's stale. Well, speaking of staleness, let's start with Raw then. How about that? Uh, I'll tell you I liked the opening segment and the final segment. And why? Um, Because it was... Good. It was Oscar. It was Flair. As much as we hate her, we hate her because she's getting shoved on our throat. Oscar, um, Flair, the legit badasses, and the Iconics. I I thought it was great. I really did. Um, the first one ended up being a triple threat match, kind of showing what Bailey and Sasha are going to be up against this coming Sunday or tonight, as we were, as you're listening. Um, but it led to more. It led to that Flair and Oscar were going to have that match that was promised opening, but it was going to end up being the main event then. And when we get to that, it tore down the house. You know how much, John, uh, I'm looking at you as Chad's on the phone, how much, not that I hate Charlotte, it's just Charlotte is what's in her face all the time now. It is really my biggest beef. But can she wrestle? Does she? Yeah, she does all that. She does all her spots. She entertains us. Ta-da-da-da. I hate her because I'm a mark. That's why I hate her. That's it. Um, those two segments 
and I didn't look at the ratings, have to be the best segments that they had. Because otherwise, I, I the peep show wasn't that great. Jesus Christ, the prophets against the Vikings in their Olympics. Enough already with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was stupid. The hype up of the greatest match ever. I, I, I don't know. The Bob VIP thing. Then the Raiders take on Bob and MVP. Uh, it was not. It's it, it just nothing is there. Bringing Charlotte. Is Charlotte now just going to be on Raw? You you know in time Charlotte is going to defeat Oscar uh, for the title. So the Nia Jax thing is just. Hey, there's a roadblock for you before Charlotte has your big match because it sets it up at the end of this. John, you want to talk? Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I would agree with the segments you mentioned. Um, the last match, I'll watch Charlotte versus Asuka anytime. And, and while I'm a Charlotte fan, I don't care who wins. I thought there was no bad way to book this match. If you had Asuka win, I think it creates drama for what's coming up. If you have Charlotte win, beat her again. Even though there was somewhat interference from the outside from Nia Jax, it's still another win that Charlotte has over Asuka. And so if you have Asuka finally win that match, it becomes like an Austin versus Rock thing. Rock chased Austin forever, could never beat him, and he finally beat him. So this is one more win for Charlotte, but I think Asuka beats her when it really matters. The only thing I'll say about this, and I'm going to shamelessly plug their interviews with the uh, Killer Bees again, I can't remember if it was Blair or Brunzel who said this. There are no baby faces anymore, and everyone's a badass. It was Jim. a great segment. It was Jim. Sasha and Bailey were so much fun. What's that? It was Brunzel. It was Brunzel. Okay. Sasha and Bailey were so much fun on commentary with um, Bailey saying, you know, you're stupider than Cole. You ask dumb questions. I didn't know she had that in her. She was great. The Iconics coming out, that was fun. Nia Jax. But I look around and I'm like, there are seven or eight wrestlers in this program. Not one of them's a good guy. Ah. Not one. You no. Know? Honor among thieves. Like you said, there's not one one good guy in here. Um, I think Oz... <laughs> I'm saying this and half-heartedly joking. I hope that Oscar can make it past Nia Jax without getting injured. No, that's not a joke. Um, I and I say that because of the history. Uh, I think Oscar's going to win this one because it makes more sense to have her win it and have Flair be like son of a bitch and be after her at that point. I, I, if they go any way but that. I think it 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 absolutely bears Oscar, and they should release her. Well, where hundred percent SummerSlam is in August. I mean, we're we're in June. I don't even know what the pay per view in July is. I don't know. Nor probably does anybody care. But this is going to set up, hoping that maybe shits back together in Florida uh, from the COVID that. Summer, because SummerSlam in Boston is not happening. The, the Boston mayor said, nothing's coming to Boston until 2027. Nothing. That's it. The Red Sox cannot even play here anymore. Move <laughs> No, but remember with, with Florida, though, they were deemed 
essential. What, two months ago is an essential business because of Vince's uh, charitable campaign. Yeah. Um, so they can, if they have, let's say they're, what is there, 50% capacity, they could go into a, a 10,000 seat stadium. It's better than five, put half five people, people in there, there versus, you know, the. The right. developmental people that are on the sideline in two rows, and that's and that's why I, I think they're they're hoping everything opens by whenever SummerSlam is slated or projected or but that that down the line to have a blowout show in Florida anywhere. And it could be in Fort Myers or, or uh, any on the peninsula. I don't care, Kokomo. Kokomo. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was a good one. <laughs> Where'd you pull that one out of? I just uh, I just saw the cocktail. You remember Tom Cruise? Uh, the movie yeah, cocktail, with the hot blonde. Yeah, and yeah. the Beach Boys saying Aruba, Jamaica. Oh, oh yeah. take it. That song made a comeback in like '88 for some reason. Do you have your self help book underneath the desk? My self help for what? For cocktail. Oh yeah, no. I, he I, had I a self help book. Everybody has a self help book. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's raw in a nutshell, right? Is there anything else you want to bring up? I did kind of the gamut. It was nice. Now, seeing... now I'm wondering if I'm wondering if Kokomo came out in '88 or was popular in '88. I don't remember. Hold on. It doesn't matter. Well, you can look it up as we as we transition. Um, I was gonna say Cocktail. I think only came out in '89. The movie. I would say Cocktail came out like around '89. Uh, so the Beach Boys released Kokomo prior to Cocktail. I think. 1988. Wait, Kokomo? Oh, so this one was released. Okay. Kokomo or the cocktail? Kokomo. All right, now look up when the movie Cocktail is. I am, damn it. All right, I just think of, I think of the Beach Boys, I think maybe in the 70s, I guess, and that's why I thought it was a re-release, but I guess not. No. Cocktail came out in the same year. Kokomo was for that movie. And Chad has become... I knew it. I was going to say that. Chad has become our whipping boy. <laughs> already. Look up this! Do that! Look up this! Good. I'm glad you're here. All right. Uh, let's go over to SmackDown. Let's go over to SmackDown. SmackDown starts weird. Um, Sheamus is out, and he gives Jeff Hardy a piss test to find out if he wants to wrestle him this Sunday. And Jeff Hardy... Air quotes, pees in a bottle, and then throws it on him and says, it's better to be pissed on than pissed, pissed off or whatever. I, whatever. Pissed off than he pissed might off. Have, but my, my major thing is, Jeff Hardy looked dehydrated from that pee. You know, if you get a stronger yellow pee, you know, almost orangey yeah. or anything, it was very, like, he looked dehydrated. He should probably be drinking some more water. Just saying. A, it, oh. was, it was a real doctor. Oh, they it was had a real doctor. They actually had an article on Russell's on the day. They actually hired a real doctor from the local area. Mm-hmm. And B, they, this, I got to say again, just like last week, this just distasteful. This this is too personal a demons for Hardy, but he's, he's, doing it, he's doing it and he's getting the money. So, you know, I'd probably slap the piss out of Mark if they give me like. I don't know. You're getting beers. A dollar. You're getting beers. That's better than a dollar. (laughs) What, John? Your your brother's over for our biggest rival. Well, guess what? We're going to humiliate you. That's all that is. And it's. I never thought of that. I never. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, how much longer is Hardy's contract? I mean, he's he's had injuries, he's had demons. I mean, I, I think they signed a three-year back when they left IWC, but Hardy's been injured two and a half of those years, so does it uh, extend it for another six years? I mean, Vince has so many loopholes in this, so Jeff's just going to be buried with uh, shitty storylines. And, and he's a good... I met... I met Jeff at an event after uh, after I got back from Iraq in 2010, a local event, and he was he's such a cool dude to talk to. Um, I mean, he has his you know demons that have been through the news and the years and everything, but he was so such a cool dude, so you know down to earth, and it's, he doesn't probably. deserve this. This is this reminds me of what oh the bullshit Owen Hart went through. After Brett left the company. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. Main thing that happened on SmackDown, uh, the finals of the IC championship match. It was AJ Styles against Daniel Bryan. And let me tell you why. I, at first, I'm like, why didn't they save this for Backlash? Because it ran like four commercials, okay? It was a hell of a wrestling match. And it would have buried what is being dubbed the greatest wrestling match. They could not have this match on with Orton and Edge because this was a true wrestling match. AJ and Daniel Bryan tore down the performance center with the five people in it. Uh, AJ wins the championship. Uh, it was great booking. It was a great match. If you haven't watched it, John, Chad, um, watch it. At least watch the highlights on anything. It's probably been one of the best matches during quarantine. You know, I'll say this about WWE in general. Two things we have not discussed at all are Braun Strowman and Bob. Scotty McGregor, whatever the shit his name is, the champion, the Scottish psychopath. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Isn't Scotty McGregor a golfer? Scotty McGregor, I, I, he combined um, Scotty too hot and Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor, or he was, or he was thinking of Scotty, uh, the country singer, Scotty McQuarrie, the sings. Not that John's a big country fan, but it popped into his mind at some point. Something I don't what that Scotty the McGregor. Scottish guy and Braun Strowman hold your top two titles, guys. I don't think they're it. I don't think they have what it takes to, to carry the company forward. They don't have the charisma. They don't have, certainly in Braun's case, the hearing ability. I don't get it. These guys are your top two champions. Not for me. So we'll talk about who they're facing when we get the backlash. Okay, I was just going to say, who they're facing spells out one. I think that Drew... Uh, Drew McCreary or whatever his name is, I think that he, uh, I think he could, he honestly could be a good champion. This is just a really shitty time for the wrestling. Uh, all right, I'm done with SmackDown because there's nothing else. I don't even want to talk about nothing, nothing else because it's garbage. It really is. Um, well, man, he's a double negative. Good. Well, she did come out and kiss Otis. She did. Yeah. And she looks hot in those Daisy Dukes. So let's talk about. <laughs> all right. Well, you brought up Mandy then, real quick. Um, I was shocked that as she stood on the the ramp, that 
It would have been a perfect spot for Sonya, the badass that's part of the Revolutionary Force tournament and is, you know, in the quarterfinals right now of our tournament. I thought it would have been a great spot for her to come out and at least waylay her in the back and then run away. Just to get that extra heat on her to heal because I think she's loved. She's she is a a bad heel that is she is the Roddy I'm not it's it's a comparison. She is the she's the Roddy Piper. She she's gonna do dastardly things. Everybody loves her right now because as long as this goddamn podcast has been going on, I've been telling everybody how fucking good she is. And she's finally getting her, you know, somewhat due. But people love her. Get some heat, more miserable heat on her. They're moving her they're moving her from Mandy. I think that's why she didn't come down and do it. I think that's the sole uh, they, reason they didn't they're have moving the her. Blow off match yet, though. But they're I don't mean to be rude. I like seeing them both in the ring and everything like that. But it's not a match that's really hitting oh, yes. with the fans. No, I agree. I so, so. Mark, I swear to you, <laughs> I was thinking of this the other day based on Mandy and Sonya and how over Sonya is. And even though there are no fans there, people love her. And I thought about how gutsy Justin Plummer was a few years ago with the reset button. For those that don't know, IWC out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania – awesome local promotion they do a reset button where all the titles are defended and you don't know who the challengers are the challengers are chosen at random with a reset button so they go down the list and they choose um the tag team title will be defended by the fraternity against the guy from theory mcchesney and Britt baker Britt baker's chosen and everyone's like yeah, and she's coming out and high five, and it's a good time. Everybody's having a great time. And then they eliminate McChesney somehow. They hurt him, and he can't get in the ring. And they beat the crap out of Britt. To the point where Mark and I were like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. What that. Okay, fine. They're beating her up. She's going to come back. And then they do another power move on her, and another one. And they're smacking her around. And then we're like, this is getting kind of uncomfortable. I love no bullshit. It was I, amazing. I I love Britt Baker. I love Britt Baker, but Britt, you might not talk to me after this. Britt Baker in the fraternity. I like the party. I'm a frat guy. I I'm I'm all about that. Those guys sold me at. Uh, Sears Tower, the not the Sears Tower. Ethan and I did the Sears Tower. What the fuck is the Eiffel Tower? Which is which? Which it you know it's a sexual you know. Duh, 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 but we the kids didn't know then, so we just played it off as the Sears Tower is a big place or whatever. But they sold me at that. They sold me at their IQ was whatever. Yeah, I'm a I'm the a mark. combined SAT score was in their introduction. Yeah, but in in talking to Justin afterwards, Mark, you you and I were like. Man, that was a bit much. And he's like, these guys, they're getting cheered. And I can't have that. My point is, IWC in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is willing to be this gutsy. Like, give us something, guys. I've Sonya, like, lay waste to her. Make me hate her if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. IWC Network, $9.99 a month. Cheap plug for them. It's worth it. It's worth it. It goes back to 2000 and, I don't know, 12 right now. 
every everything, and you even can watch the Jack Pollock uh, things now on there and watch Chris LaRusso get fucking shit-wasted drunk. The very first one was the best one. I think Plummer told him, dude, you can't get that drunk on these. Like, he was literally, I was at that match, too. <laughs> He's gonna, he, he might punch me in the face because I threw him under the butts against the... Um, on my spotlight last week, too, talking to Megan Myers. All right. Uh, NXT in your house. Quickly. Um, we'll go randomly. Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, Backyard Brawl, whatever. It did what it needed to do. But did I think it was a good cinematic match? It was better than Money in the Bank. But it... It was not the Boneyard one. By stupid things, the headlights caused some camera angles that were stupid. You know, it was just... And we we talked about that, and I think offline, and I really think a lot of that had to do... I, okay, I love Adam Cole. I think he's one of the best... Pound for pound, he's the best in the business to me. But they're not the Undertaker... They're not AJ Styles. They don't have that combined experience and stuff. So I think that those kind of things like the angles, the lights, stuff like that was just those guys, what the hell is going on? Okay, we're just going to fight and the hell with it. I think that's where that a lot of that stuff fell. It pissed me off. When does Adam Cole drive a monster truck? Becky Lynch yeah. was the man. She had this. Now everybody that is going to get into this big massive feud is going to have a monster truck. Adam Cole's not, he's, he's not a monster truck guy. You know, he's not. That pissed me off from the set. I'm like, ah. Okay, Velveteen Dream didn't win. We're good. There was no point to it. You know, there was no, it wasn't a boot camp match featuring Sergeant Slaughter. It wasn't a boneyard match with Undertaker. It didn't fit either of these guys. Had you had, like, Prince's... Sexual closet match with Velveteen Dream. I see where they're going. Purple rain. I'm get some ice and pour some more of this whiskey. I can't. Wait, wait, you gotta wait. We're gonna take a break here in a minute. It's quick. But my point is, there was no point to this style of match. Like you say, how does a monster truck fit Adam Cole? It doesn't. Right. Johnny Gargano against Keith Lee. I. Honestly, I thought it was the best match of the night. These guys are amazing. Um, that Keith Lee pounce move through the side, okay, obviously set up everything like that looked nasty. Yeah, nasty. Uh, I joined late, so I saw the tail end of Team Tegan beating Team Dakota. Uh, I, I can't say much about that. Uh, Finn Balor... Got his win, but now he's got 11 takeover wins. Great, great. Um, Cross against Champa. Cross has crushed Champa. Uh, where is this going now for Champa? Because he, he's got some significant losses now under his belt. His contract's coming up. I know that. And I know he had in his contract um, that he would not go to the main roster. Uh, so does he go to, when his contract's up, does he go to another place where he doesn't have to wrestle as much with the injuries that he's had? 
say, oh, I don't know, maybe NWA. I don't think he fits NWA. AEW change his look as a hitman. Have him be the the new enforcer for Aldis. Oh, that, that's nice. I, I do like that. Nice twist, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and it, we touched on Charlotte already losing. Uh, Woohoo! To EO. John, what, did you like that match? I know you're. I, and, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not saying it because you're a Charlotte Flair yes, you are. fan. No, I really wasn't. I. I was happy EO won. I loved EO from the very first Mae Young Classic that she was in. I loved, I, there was something, she had that, you got Mark. You know, me. You got Mark, so there's something about you. So I, I've always liked her. I predicted Charlotte, last week I predicted Charlotte would win because I thought they were going to continue the story with her being the NXT champion and being on different brands. But she's going in a different direction. That's absolutely fine. It was my second favorite match of the night. Um, Gargano's match being the first. I thought it was a great match. It gets the belt off of Charlotte and gets her off of NXT without losing any face, any value. Because she came on the next day and said, look, I was never pinned. I never submitted. Um, Due to circumstances of a triple threat match, she's no longer the champion. So it gets her out of there and gets her onto something different. And it gets a deserving champion the belt in Io Shirai. I was okay with all of it. I don't know. It was a good show. It was a good show. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched. I actually stayed up and watched the Ric Flair final finale da, 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 that was on right after it. Guys, I'm liking pay-per-views in quarantine. Why am I liking pay-per-views in quarantine? Because they're two, two and a half hours long. Maybe three, skimming three. We're not getting... Seven hours of, oh my god, I'm going to drive a fucking fork in my head because I don't want to watch, you know, Heath Slater against you, Chad. I don't want to watch that. Hey, wait till tomorrow when you see the never-ending story part two. We're getting there. Um, So I stayed up and I watched Ric Flair thing. It was WWE's rendition of ESPN's 30 for 30. Or whatever the head, 60 or E60 or whatever you corrected me with earlier. But 30 um, for 30. 30 for 30 is like the baseball teams. No, that's E60. That's MLB uh, Network. That's MLB Network. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's uh, not 30 for 30. All right, whatever. E60. Just go get a beer. Yeah, we need beers. We need to take a break. But uh, if you guys get a chance to watch this on the network, it's not bad. But if you saw the ESPN version of it, it's the same thing with more crying from Rick. He is a crier. He and Charlotte are criers. All right. Uh, call it an elbow. We're making this one quick because I need a beer. Sorry, Al. Uh, use our Can Crushers code. It's all one word. Can Crushers, capital C, and can, capital C, and Crushers. You'll get 10% off. Here comes Al. We're going to get beers. Wrestling a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. 
I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. This is the heir apparent Chris LaRusso, and you're listening to the Can Crushers podcast. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. All right, he's ready. This is how we're bringing it back. He's ready to go. Hey, uh, during the break, I went and I grabbed another different beer. This one is still... Uh, I've had this one for a while, so who knows how uh, fermented it is. Fermented it is. It's Ellicottville. We've talked about Ellicottville all the time. It's an IPA from Ellicottville, bursting with hop flavor. Six percent alcohol, so I'm already bringing it up, not catching up to John. You go ahead and take a nip of it. I love it, actually. I had this at the rodeo last year. I wanted to look at it. What fucking rodeo did you go to? The Ellicottville Rodeo. It's one of the biggest rodeos in the area. Oh, good plug. It, so not it's, happening this year, but... it's So you're saying it's the greatest rodeo around here? Yes, absolutely. Nice Absol- segue? Absolutely. They draw in a lot of, a lot of good people, a lot of local... Uh, I don't want to say artists, a lot of local uh, sportsmen, rodeo people. Cowboys? Um, cowboys. Cowgals? Whatever, cowgals. I was trying to get you to go with the greatest thing, because this is our theme this week. Since the greatest wrestling match in the world is going to happen, our segment, wow. long-winded, is going to happen... We thought we would take specialty matches. This is actually Chad's idea. We ran with it. See if it sticks. We all picked a specialty match. Um, I got cage matches. John, what did you get? I got no DQ matches, which is uh, basically any match you want it where to there's be. not a disqualification. But you still have to win by pinfall or submission. So it's not like a cage match. Like you got cage matches. It's not like a chain match or a bull rope match or 10 hey, four hey. quarters. It's a match that ends with a pin or submission. What did you get? I got. I took strap match and dog collar matches. Okay. Um, cage matches are simple. You guys will probably agree with mine. No, we won't. And No, you will. You will. And we also, we also picked. It was going to be two. I picked three. I know John picked three. Chad stuck with the two of our least favorite ones. So, because I'm an asshole, I'm going to save my least favorite till last, because actually my least favorite might be some of my favorites. So, coming in at number five, yeah, coming in at number five, greatest cage matches that I think is Snuka against Morocco. You're both looking at me. We have already went over this. I know Snuka and Backlund was so much better. It really was weeks or months prior, but I saw Snooka jumping off week after week after week. So this is the one that's embedded into my head, off the cage. He missed it against Backlund. He hit. It, he hit it against Morocco. So, but but that's what blew me up. That boom. But in that, he hit Morocco, and Morocco, if I'm remembering right, rolled out of the ring and won the match. Off of that, I, I don't care who won these. I'm just, well, I'm just saying. Morocco, Morocco had already. Hold on, hold on. So Backlund was two years earlier. He jumped off. Backlund had asked to waive the over-the-top rule because he knew Snooker was a climber. So the only way you could win was leaving through the door. So the Superfly missed on Backlund, and Backlund crawled out the door. So you were kind of combining those two things with Morocco. He did a flying headbutt that knocked Morocco out of the cage, which was a terrible way to lose. 
So he dragged him back in, suplexed him, and hit the superfly. So the superfly was actually after the match. Uh, nonetheless, this is the one that stick with me. Number four. No, that's a great match. That's a great match for sure. Number four. Uh, Brett against Owen, SummerSlam 94. Just excellent. Great match overall. They used the cage. They didn't have to use a cage. It was a technical match. I just, these two could fight in one paper bag, and I would have loved it. It had to go on my list. To we the... talked about this match on the show before. Right. Um, and I said that they fought like brothers, right? With, with Brett kind of pummeling Owen like his little brother, and Owen finally getting the upper hand and like pulling his hair like a little brother would told a great story and this is one uh if i'm remembering right uh jim neidhart clotheslined the bulldog from behind and they got involved in the match as it was kind of ending yeah yeah yep they were in the crowd yep number three the first ever war games match oh the first ever war games match it's a cage match it's it's part of it first ever war games match it, it did so much for War Games Now. It really did. It, it just, perfect. Inventive. Um, number two on my list is Hell in a Cell 1998, the King of Ring version in Pittsburgh. I was there when Mankind got tossed off against the Taker. Tossed through by Taker. It, it, the bodies were on the floor. That was crazy. The, the tax, and somehow he snorted his tooth. His tooth, and it came out his nose. Oh my god, that was, yeah, crazy in stuff. In number one, uh, we've talked about this one several times. We'll continue to talk about it. It's probably all three of our favorite: um, Magnum and Telly, the I Quit match. Oh yeah. I don't think there was any one-on-one -on -one cage match that was ever better than that one. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't think of it. There's been cage matches like Bruno and Zabisco that had so much meaning, so much crowd, but that was, that was not uh, as, as brutal of a match as Tully and Magnum. And at the time wasn't as personal. And I, I, I thought about adding that one, and kind of bumping everything up. And like the Taker Mankind one, actually being there was really close to being number one for me. But I know, looking back as a kid, I'm like, ah, this, this match scared the bejesus out of me. All right. Yeah. No match more than that one was personal. That's a great word, Chad. It, it was absolutely personal. You're right. That's a great list, Mark. My least favorite matches. Um, the Chamber Horrors match. I, I think that's probably on everybody's list. Where Abdullah the Butcher was supposed to get shocked, but it was on. Then it got off. Then it got on again. Nothing happened. They fucked with the damn lever five or six times. Everybody in the world was in it. They didn't know what was going on. It was you don't remember it, do you? Now I do. When you said about Abdullah, because yeah. that they added that to the network um, yeah. towards the beginning of the year. Good and thing. It's fun. It's funny because old old Abby, God love him. You know what a what a character, what a good guy, honestly. And he's sitting there trying to, like he's getting shocked and nothing's happening. And they're like, try it again. Like he's getting shocked again. It was just hilarious. 
Hi, Miggy. Miggy has joined the podcast this week. Yes. Must be Hi, Miggy. New toy. Must mean mom fell asleep. Whatever. Uh, another one that I hate was the, because it was in a cage on the back of a truck, the King of the Road match where uh, everything went wrong between uh, Barry Blacktop Bully. Yeah, and Dustin Rhodes. It was just, the, but you were supposed to ring the bell, the bell broke. If you haven't watched it, don't, don't but do, <laughs> because it's just that bad. But, my all-time least favorite cage match, you've heard me say it over and over, go back and listen to the Al Snow interview that we've had. Bro, you communist bastard. The dog pen match with him and the big boss man, and we'll hear more about both of those guys later. Um, the dogs just having sex with each other, shitting on the arena floor. They were supposed to be on, so vicious. Didn't one piss on the corner turnbuckle yeah, or something? Did, yeah. It, it was. That's probably the worst match in wrestling history. Sorry. It really was. Yeah. You, oh, my God. You two can rock, paper, scissors, and see who goes next. Go ahead, John. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mark, Dustin was aptly named at the start of his career, the natural absolutely built for this business even cody has said on tv he got all of dusty's genes with the charisma and the in-ring ability but every great one has got a, a black mark on their career and man that is it that is that, that is it. that's like the unflushable turd that of their you career. remember it now. <laughs> supposedly this truck was going like 85 around hairpin corners it's a tractor trailer with like bales of hay and like chicken wire oh, around stop, it stop it, uh, Smash, Crusher, Khrushchev, whatever. The guy was so good. So good. Both of them the took... Bowl was a low point. Both right, of them took see. a shit. Both of them took a shit. Yep. Lowest yep. point in their career. Yep, for sure. So I got no DQ matches, guys. Meaning the match still has to end pinfall and or submission. So obviously cage matches are out, as I said earlier. The four corners touching thing is out. Whatever. It's got to end with a pin or submission. Not even the last man standing is on my list. Okay. So at number five, the first time I was ever introduced to a no disqualification match, Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas won the tag team championship from the Wild Samoans. They had won via disqualification the previous week, which means about an hour earlier in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And so right. they challenged them to a no DQ match for the following week, which meant an hour later in the show. Albano went to hit Atlas in the head with the chair. Atlas ducked. He hit Alpha. For me as a little kid, it was cool to see something different. A belt changed hands, and it backfired on the bad guys. They'd gotten themselves disqualified the week before. They tried the dirty tactics again, and this time it cost them the belts. I, uh, so number five, go ahead. I do remember this one. I, you know, some of the ones that you threw up, uh, your next one I don't remember as much, but... Um, I remember your, your this one because they played it a few times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably one of my first DQ matches as well. So, and at number four, Sergeant Slaughter versus Pat Patterson in the street fight. I don't know where this took place. I'll be honest. I don't know the story, why they had a feud. Stone Cold on his podcast has said this is his favorite match of all time. It just looked like two guys agreed to meet somewhere and beat the crap out of each other. There was no referee. Eventually, the Grand Wizard came down and threw the towel. And I, If I remember, I rewatched it. Patterson may have wrapped 
uh, strap around his fist and just kept beating Slaughter. And then Grand Wizard came in and said, enough's enough, and he pulled his man back. Probably the Caribbean, the same place he won the IC title that took place. Maybe, yeah. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, yeah. Whatever. It's Caribbean enough. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Which the story of the Intercontinental title was he was North American champion going in. Right. And won a, this fictional South oh, American Jesus. title and combined the continents, intercontinental. Anyway, what in you, at number three. Wait, you, wait Chad's what? have what? You don't like the strawberry? Oh my God, that's horrible. Do you want a different one? No. Okay. He's got a strawberry Bud Light seltzer now that he's going to try. Oh to... no. Oh my. That's who I hate it. God, I'd rather watch a Charlotte Flair match for seven hours. All right, go ahead. <laughs> in at number three, I love this match from WrestleMania 13, the LOD and Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. You skipped one. Well, no, no I'm, I'm going maybe in a different order than I sent you. You're a dick. All right. All right. I know. LOD and Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. <laughs> this reminded me of an 80s movie, 70s movie, where gangs just agree to meet somewhere. You had uh, PG-13 doing the rap music for the intro, D'Lo Brown in a suit, and the lawyer, Clarence Mason or whatever. Yes! So good. Guys were just interfering left and right, getting put through tables. The only down point of this match, Animal tried to pile drive Ron Simmons on a table, and then I think realized, hey, this is a bad idea. So he just kind of fell backwards, and fans were like, what the hell is that supposed to be? Other than that, it was sheer chaos. It looked like a Chicago street fight. It was awesome. Okay. Good. Keep going. Comments yep. Now. Keep, no comments. Uh, in at number two, June 1984, Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik in the boot camp match. Fans were just on fire, man. They were so hot. There was so much heat for this match. The violence was gimmicky, but in a good way. Sheik's loaded boot, Sarge using the helmet for a headbutt, and then shit got real, and these guys just beat on each other. They took off their respective straps, uh, the swagger stick. I mean, they were hitting each other in the face with this shit. That had to hurt, man. Strap to the face, swagger stick to the face. We, is it time that somebody brings a loaded boot back? And I'm glad you put this up. Yeah. It, it, we yep. really need a loaded boot nowadays. It, it just, it's something that you can bring back that, like, I brought up that Tally handed Sean Spears a glove. So that's a coal miner's glove. They're going back. We need a loaded boot. Absolutely. Chad's drunk, I think. No, not yet, but I was trying to think of somebody that could really use that gimmick they could really make it work right i don't know i'm just deep there's in gotta be somebody there's yeah. gotta be somebody right all right uh, the number one no dq match also from wrestlemania 13 so two matches from wrestlemania 13 make this list uh bret harding and stone cold steve austin in the i quit match jim Cornette has said this match was what do you say imperfect and messy, and it, which was good. It reminded him, he said, of a Mid-South or Crockett fight. This is another one where guys just looked like they showed up to fight. Austin's body language before the match, with his hands on the ropes. He, he, was, he knew he was in for the fight of his life. He had taunted Bret Hart and cost him matches for weeks. 
King, this is going to be a dogfight. That's exactly what it was. It was a great match. Yeah, this awesome. pushed both of them more. Yeah, two of the two of the top guys in wrestling ever, and they just let it. They let it go. I can I can't get it out of my mind. The picture of Brett slapping on the sharpshooter and Austin yep. screaming while the blood's just dripping down. That yep. it, it was just. And for the Attitude Era to kick off of this, you can't overstate the importance of this match. Brett had an ovation going in and got booed going out, and the crowd was chanting Austin. And that, that what we called tweeners back in the day, they, they weren't good guys, they weren't bad guys. You had Bret Hart high-fiving guys, and then the next fan, he had a middle finger in that guy's face, Brett did, saying, fuck you to that fan. Yeah. So the lines were immediately blurred. This launched the Attitude Era. This particular match. What are your What are your trash? Your garbage matches. Okay. Garbage matches with no DQ, both from SummerSlam '99, tied at two. Test versus Shane McMahon. Looking back, I, I rewatched this match. Test was a good worker, man. He had a good look. He believably beat the shit out of Shane McMahon. What annoyed me was the McMahons having to be in everything, was having that oh, fucking ring rat stepping <laughs> walking to the back, running to the ring. Oh, I hate them so much. Wait. The Mean Street Posse. So can, can you say any Shane McMahon match would be on this? I, I thought you yeah, would just lump it up. All right, go ahead. I hate them so much, man. Uh, and then earlier, I think right before this, you mentioned them already. Al Snow versus Big Boss Man for the hardcore title. It just got cheesy. You can tell they just were going to different places for the sake of going to different places. Now they're outside. Now they're in traffic. Now they're across the street. Now they're in the bar. Now they're in... Who fights for that long, man? Come on. I didn't buy it. We're probably going to lose our car and elbow sponsor because we threw Al on the bus. <laughs> hey, Al, Al, I just want to say I have nothing to do with these two mentioning you. It, it's on them. Touché. Big Boss Man, Big Bubba, great. Al Snow, great. I don't know, something about when they got together. Maybe not so the Not so great. No, they'll tell you. These were, it was a shit show storyline. Uh, and then the worst no-DQ match ever, SummerSlam 91, LOD win the Tag Team Championships from the Nasty Boys. I think they just wanted to call it a no-DQ or Chicago fight just to get people to tune in. You still had the tag. There were no weapons. There was zero rule. It was as clean of a match as there's ever been. There was nothing no-DQ about it. You just wanted have you ever no-DQ match? Huh? You just wanted to get LOD on your list twice because you love them so much. I'm going to say something, an interesting fact that I just read, John, about that match. That was Vince McMahon saying to the W, I guess, WCW, NWA, it was kind of a slap in the face to them because of the match at, uh, I think it was Starcade, where the Road Warriors uh, won by DQ in Chicago and it was supposed to be the downfall of the NWA because they should have put the belts on the Road Warriors. It was kind of like Vince's little, you know, yeah. fuck you to the NWA. 
We, we probably have. We, okay. If you're drinking every time we swear tonight, you're probably drunk with us, so we're good. <laughs> this is turning out to be as almost as bad as my mom's tribute show. I was a train wreck. That was rough. That was great, but it was rough. Go ahead, Chad. Okay. You have strap. It, it's it's fitting that you would have strap matches. Yeah, you know I'm I'm in. You know I think about it with Alexa. Never mind. Um, okay, I'm gonna start this totally off where you guys, the worst strap match, chain match, whatever the hell you wanted to call it. This was actually on regular TV. It was billed as a chain match tug of war between the Ultimate Warrior and Hercules Hernandez. This was putrid. This, oh this my, I remember oh, vividly. Oh my god, it looked like like the warrior was gonna blow both nuts when he was pulling and Hernandez was just standing there. It was like he was gonna pick his ass, pick his ear, pick some teeth. It just horrible. Okay, that one's gone. Her, I loved Hercules so much, but he—I don't think he ever got his right dues. You have got to go on. I wonder if he hated Warrior and was messing with him. Like I'm gonna let Warrior look like he's pulling, and I'm gonna act like nothing's going on. I want because everybody hated Warrior. Yeah, I, I, if... I was just gonna say nobody nobody liked the Warrior. No. And if you go YouTube, do some real search, and you can find some of uh, Hercules's stuff from Mid South. He was actually Mr. Wrestling under a mask for quite a while. Oh, really? um, oh. And you can find matches of his for a big guy and even, okay, you know, God rest his soul, jacked up on roids and stuff like that. He could still move in those matches. This is where another time of, you know, Vince screwed the fucking pooch and didn't literally use the guy literally like he should have done. So that match is shit. Uh, He's literally throwing cards like a. I gotta fight a number two. Letterman right the now. number two one, little bit more recent. Uh, Sheamus versus Mark Henry from Extreme Rules 2013. The only way I think you could have a worse match of this type is if you would take Marco Stunt and Orange Cassidy. This match was horrible. It was slow. It was plodding. It was, um, they never announced how you could win the match. And then Sheamus wins after a brogue kick, after Mark Henry hit three uh, turnbuckles. And when Sheamus brogue kicked him, Henry went into the fourth one. What the It was a bad match. So really, I do remember. If, Sometimes you know I don't remember a lot of shit. That one, once you sent it to me, I'm like, oh my god, that was it, it's horrible. Uh, okay, number five uh, match. This is your favorites now. This is the favorites because you only I'm did gonna, too bad. I'm actually, you know, screw you. I'm gonna give a uh, honorable honorable mention. Yeah, there you go. Honorable mention match. Uh, Butch Reed and Buzz Sawyer, and you can find this full match on YouTube. If you just type in dog collar matches, oh my God, what a Mid-South brawl with Bill Watts written all over. They just beat the living piss out of each other with a chain. Buzz Sawyer, another one, uh, you know, gone way too soon. So underrated. Was this a natural Butch Reed with his hair? No, this I was. Know, I know. I know. This was actually, this match propelled Butch Reed and got him noticed by Flair and started their 
Doom. S- their series of matches. Not Doom. <laughs> their Sorry. series of matches where Reed was, you know, the one going after the NWA title. Okay, number five, uh, Pitbull Gary Wolf against Shane Douglas, ECW Hardcore Homecoming 2005. Backlog to this was Shane Douglas broke uh, the Pitbull's Back. neck, grabbed him by the halo, threw him around. You're like, people wanted to kill Shane Douglas. I've always Ooh. been a Shane Douglas fan. I Literally, never he, did, he did his job so well. He's, you know, yeah. so underappreciated for what an asshole he was. Um, the Dean Douglas fit him when he was in the WWF, too. But it was such a waste of his talent. Yeah, I know. Right. But this match, this was typical uh, brutal ECW. Uh, uh. There was the nut shots with the chain. Francine was there looking good as ever. Uh, Wolf, she looks good now. She's got her own thing on YouTube, guys. You should watch her. Um, Gary Wolf won the match after putting Douglas through a table. So this was one of those odd ones where wasn't a you know touching the corner or submission or anything he won after putting them through table you know great match uh number four let me find this fast vader versus sting at super brawl three this was a strap uh, yeah. this was a strap match. this was a strap match um absolutely brutal on both sides vader lost half of his ear sting had freaking welts upon welts that were bleeding off of his back they this was just a very physical, typical Vader match, but with a little bit smaller guy and Sting in it. Just a uh, absolute great match. Vader wins after touching they the four corners. They always have good matches. Vader, I, I posted something earlier this week about Bleacher Report saying some people were underrated and some people were overrated. Da, 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 da. If you go back and read that on Facebook, um. At a point, I think, yeah, Vader is underrated, but he was a champ. He was, you know, I, and I understand, you know, even champs can be underrated. But in my book, Vader was really never underrated. I, I think Vader, I, when I think of best movable big men, Bam Bam's number one for me. And then Vader's 1A. Yep. I, I think both yep. of those guys, not underrated, I think underutilized by every fucking organization they ever worked at. But I'll disagree. Vader in WWE, WWF, was used as shit. Yeah, yeah. That was thanks to the the little redneck prick from San Antonio, Shawn Michaels. Oh, I thought you meant Sam Houston. And Barrett, no, Sam Houston was long gone by that one. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But Shawn Michaels buried Vader... From the end, there's you know there's a history you can look at their matches. Sean was just a prick. Vader just wasn't used in WWE. WCW, New Japan, absolutely used him right. He was just a beast. WCW, he was a movie star too. That fucking movie that he put what the out. What was he in? White Mountain or what? What movie was that, John? Please help me out. That was right after Batches and Beat. <laughs> I don't know. It was right after Bash at the Beach. I know what you mean. I, it's not like I watched it or I owned it or anything. It was some type of mountain. Uh, it was it horrible. Was... I'm joking. Okay, ahead. number three. Or, yeah, number three. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel versus Tully Blanchard. This was actually another TV match. Uh, 5-14-92. This was the old style. Obviously, Wahoo, it was termed as an Indian strap match. You know, the old thick leather strap for, you know, 
violence purposes, it was it was better than the little thin strap that made more noise. They just, you know, Tully, the ultimate prick of all time, Wahoo just wanting to get revenge for all the shit. Just a great match. They, they beat the hell out of each other. Wahoo wins that match. Um, oh, shit, where's number two? This one, CM Punk versus Raven, Death Before Dishonor, Ring of Honor, 2003. Absolutely, this is like uh, a 1A match the versus a number one. Yeah, this is just, they just beat the living piss out of each other from, you know, moment on. Uh, this one had guys that were going to be, uh, Colt Cabana was in this one, um, this just, is well into Raven's long, long overdue wrestling career. He's still wrestling every once in a while, but he is not top-tier guy. Yeah, this was just one that they just pulled out. Just just an absolutely brutal match. Uh, not overly bloody, surprisingly, but they got busted open. Uh, number one match of all time, uh, Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine. Starcade 83, this was their blow-off match for their series. This was just... It's a do- well, first of all, you're not even saying that it's a dog-collar match. It was a dog-collar match. My bad. They just beat the living shit out of each other. These were two guys, and they've done interviews. You can find the interviews. This was one that both of them thought shortened their careers because it was so brutal. It was a logger chain that they used. They didn't use a thin little 20-pound doggy chain. It was a thick collar. They just beat the living shit out of each other in that match. And this was one where Piper lost three-quarters of his ear after Valentine just bitch-slapped him with the chain. You got anything? Yeah, I mean, what can you say? That... that stands out that was a great match and we've talked about it on the show before i've talked about it that carried over not a lot carries over into the wwf guys they they were hell-bent on creating their own brand piper versus valentine even if it didn't carry over into the wwf ring it carried over into the wwf universe where he had valentine as a guest on piper's pit and there was a little friction between them until Lou Albano, Valentine's manager, told him to forget about the past and please make peace because Roddy was his best friend and Valentine was his protege. If you can work a match that works its way in a territory that is like number one enemy to the WWF in those days and have it carry over to WWF, you've done something special. So that is an ideal number one in that regard, Chad. So I want to bring up Maybe two things to be a dick. Can I can I shoot in here real quick before you're a dick? Of course. One that I want to hold, I want to say, I hold close to my heart. Um, I took my nephew Nate to. He was like ten years old, twelve years old at the time. Was a strap match uh, between Eddie Guerrero and John Bradshaw Layfield. This We went to this in person in, I believe it was Richmond, Virginia, when I was stationed down there. Uh, this is where Bradshaw won the match from Guerrero. So this one, just a personal one. 
it was a pretty good match. You know, kind of the ending everybody thought was going to happen. But just a, a personal one close to the heart because it was something that I, one of the first things I did with my nephew, we were sitting second row ringside in this match. Cost me a little bit of money, but him seeing these guys come out and everything like that was just priceless. So kind of a special place in my heart. Go ahead, Mark. Be a dick. One, I was going to add, all right, I was going to add to my cage match one, and I knew I would get my moment because I would make my moment. Of course. Um, what did you guys think of the bunkhouse battle royals? That once, like, you had a, it was a cage match, but you had to be thrown out of the cage. Uh, Dusty won that big boot like years in a row. You could come in wearing anything. Dusty wore his cowboy stuff. Some people came in with like knight's armor or shit like that. Do you think those were too hokey? My thoughts were yes, but do you think it was just way over the top for uh, a cage match? They were trying back then. I, I think so. I remember. WWF doing something similar but without the cage and WWF was hokey in a different way like Lanny Poffo the poet came dressed in he was a knight in shining armor whatever the hell he was supposed to be he was a little corny <laughs> but NWA's version of it seemed like they were going for the gore like if you think that hokey stuff is fun wait till you see our gory stuff Throwing someone out of a cage, it seemed a little too far fetched for me. Like if they would have, if they would have actually done it, like you know, in the WWF version, Ken Patera because he was from Oregon and cut down trees or whatever. He, he and Billy Jack Haynes brought chainsaws. That's ridiculous. And then they didn't use them. Well, what the hell'd you bring it for? Right. Had NWA done like Dusty with the bat or whatever? That would have been taken to the next level. In a cage, uh, cage battle royals for me, didn't do a little it, far-fetched. Yeah, the the whole bunkhouse thing, they kind of just, you know, I hate to use the saying again, but screwed the pooch with the putting the cage part of it. Yeah. Because you like the matches before that. You know, not yeah. in a cage. You know, everybody come down, dusty with his boots, uh, you know, whatever guys with you know buckles the size of championship belts. Raging Bull would you know Manny yeah. Fernandez, you know, with his Vietnam scars and bullet wounds or whatever he talked about that never happened. Um, <laughs> um, things like that. They just when they threw the cage in it, it was just like you're gonna throw a guy through the ropes. It was over the and, top. It was really over the top. Yeah, it was. It, that was bad. And Chad, this one, this goes at you. I, I'm shocked to uh, you. You didn't add Jock Sampson into any of your any of your bull rope matches or anything because, in fact, you don't even have a bull rope match really on it. It's Indian straps or whatever, but. Jock Sampson, he's the fucking goat. Why, why did you have him on anything? Real, John, do you want to comment on this before I say something? Go for it. You know, I, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance. Fuck that fat bastard. I will have a bull rope match with him, sign whatever release and everything like that. You know, the only bull rope that he's had is when his wife's had to pull him oh, away from shit. the all-you-can-eat buffets. All right, guys, 
That was our greatest segment. I actually, I really enjoyed that. Maybe we can uh, bring this back. Next week we are going to look at, and we'll release it later this week, uh, we're going to go to the way back and do a Coliseum video. Uh, I, some compilation of something that the English professor picks, but I'm excited. I, I like the Coliseum videos. I, and I plus, I want to see a Lord Alfred Hayes. So if it doesn't have Lord Alfred Hayes, we are not doing it. I will, I that, think it I'll find something with him. Right. Right, now we'll find Lord Alfred Hayes for you, Mark. All right, that's all I ask. All right, guys, let's take a break. Uh, we haven't done AEW yet, and we have to maybe touch on this shit pay per view tonight. So we uh, have to get some paper. We have to get some. Pay- yeah, we, 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 we have to get some beer. Drinks. We need more drinks. I don't know how your uh, Fitchel Finch is doing over there, but whatever. Fitchel bitch. I got a little bit left. I All got right. the bottle right next to me, so I'm good. All right, we'll take a break. This is Royce I S double A C dollar sign, and you are listening to Can Crushers. Of course, I'm doing my Can Crushers. Not drinking beer, I mean the exercises. Got to get them triceps swole, baby. Keep listening. And welcome back to the Can Crushers podcast. It is I, the English professor, speaking the English of the queen from the bar of the kings and a few more shots of this whiskey and I will be ending sentences with prepositions and missing dangling participles. So you'll be speaking Martin, you'll be speaking Martin as then? Yes, exactly. Uh, we're covering AEW, right? AEW Dynamite. We are, but let's tell everybody what really happened during the uh, commercial teaser that we had. Mark got thrown under the bus for numerous drunken offenses. Yeah, and the wife came down to yell, and we've made the, uh, between the three of us, I think we've made the decision that we're recording Saturday nights from now on, because this is a hell of a lot better. This is, this is fantastic. Good. I'm sure they'll like it, too. When we're drunk, we get loud and obnoxious. You know what else? The wife's like it. The wives, W-I-F. That's what I said, the wives. 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 Wives, not wives. That's what I said. Anyway. No, you said wives. I, I now have a list. I now have a list because I'm getting there. Uh, I am now. They're going to call each other and complain about us. Which so. fits. Which fits perfectly. And listeners, let us know what you prefer, Saturday nights or Sunday mornings. We're going to release it the same day, but when, when are we better? Is what we want to know. I am now on my dessert beer. Yes. I have a Sam Adams cherry wheat, five point three percent alcohol, and it's it's tasty. It really is. It, Sam Adams, my favorite beer. It really is. Uh, the Boston Lager is my all-time favorite, followed by Yingling. But you throw this little cherry wheat in, desserts. You know they say you don't. Buy whiskey, you rent it, and during the break, <laughs> I probably, I probably let go of about seven or eight shots. Yeah, I needed that break. Anyway, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. For this let's go. Time. Let's go. Did I bring one back for you? Yeah, yeah, yes, you're drinking this it. one. All right, see, I'm missing. Jesus, I haven't drank it that fast yet. Lush. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. All right, AEW. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a beef with AEW this week. As much as as much as I love him, Jericho was on commentary. He took over commentary, and he took over Siobhan and Ross and Shivani. Yeah, he says Siobhan, though. He took over all three of them, and I don't know if it was planned, but he just—it was rough at sometimes. It was 
Yep, Chet, go the, I'm sorry, the best one-liner is Tony Schiavone almost, I can't remember who it was, he almost swore, he's like, that son of a beep, 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 and Jericho was like, hey, watch your language, there's children's on, children watching a show, you asshole. Children's, I got that one, children. And it was, oh my, Jericho is the best in the business on the mic, I don't care. But he's he took over a little bit, but... Why else have, have him out there? Eh, John, break us up. We're, it's one-to-one. What did you think? No, I, I, I'm, I'm going with Mark here. It was a bit much. The heel commentary is funny, but you have to be there. If you're going to be the heel comment, guest commentator, you have to be there to add a little flavor, not to run the show. And, and, and he took over a little too much. Hey, Shivani was, you know, he was flabbergasted because Britt wasn't there. Britt was there? But he wasn't with her, oh, all right. is what I'm talking about. So he was out of it. No, nah, I, I got to go Jericho on this one. First match is the Butcher and the Blade against FTR. And, guys, I posted this on Facebook, and this was probably one of my favorite posts this week. FTR has just made AEW's tag team division the best tag team division out there. I'm telling you, I, I will believe that. They make everybody in that division better. Chad, go ahead. Yeah, I, I got to agree with them. I like them, you know, when they were in WWE and being, you know, used as shit. They, they were still so good. Um, the best match, I got to give, you know, to Butcher and the Blade, the best match that they've had, period. Um this is this makes AEW tag team division relevant to me. Um, you know, just as long as they kick the shit out of the, you know, the young sucks, the young sucks, young fucks, young pricks, whatever. Wow. Just as long as they kick the shit out of them, Definitely I'm good with from this. From here on out, um, I I absolutely love them being there. You are going to be on the other side, aren't you? No, no, no. This was a very good match. I yeah. loved it because it showed good tag team wrestling is more than just the double team moves. I'm sorry. I like the Young Bucks, and I know I swing back and forth here. With the Young Bucks, you get a lot of amazing athleticism. You don't get as much as the <laughs> tag team storytelling. With FTR and the Butcher and the Blade, you got more than just the double team moves. You got a sense that they read their partner's mind. They knew what the other was thinking. They knew what the other was going to do. You got a sense of two teams here, not two guys saying, hey, look at me. Look what I can do. This is a very good tag team match. Tag team wrestling is back. It's in AEW. This is where it's at. Their division's so good, it made me end this sentence in a preposition. Nevertheless, Nevertheless! Woo! Here we go. Nevertheless. It's not everything I grew up loving about tag team wrestling. It's pretty darn close, and it's the best that there is right now. This was like Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express type tag team wrestling. It's not just about the moves. It's the storytelling and making me believe that the members of a team are in tune with one another. I got a question for both of you guys. Quick question. How do you tag in a in a match? 
How are you supposed to tag? Hand to hand. John? Well, now, now just. Typically, but no, like hand to shoulder, hand to back is acceptable. Mark, you can go back and watch stuff from the 70s and 80s where they're tagging the shoulder to get in the ring. But this, a little bit double team move, you tag your shoulder to jump in. This match really showed me that they tagged, the FTR tagged hand to hand. It was more, it was more personal. That wasn't, you know, sticking out a leg and slapping the guy's foot or he goes into the ropes and you slap his ass or whatever. This, this that is tag team hand hand to hand. This match this match just shows, all right, that AEW listens to podcasts. Not just ours, but they listen to podcasts. Uh, again, we're going to say Jim Cornette has been bitching about this for a year now. This was a once FTR got there, you knew something was going to happen to bring it back to, air quotes, old school. This was to flip Jim Cornette off and say, we can do it. Shut up, you old son of a fucking fat bitch. See, I don't, think, I don't think, I think those guys as FTR, they're, they're old school. They respect the business. Yeah, I agree. They make things so much more realistic. And I'm sorry, but the, the slapping on the shoulders, the slapping on the ass between the ropes... Tags between the ropes and stuff like that. That's not tag team wrestling. Go back to the great tag teams. See, when did you ever see a tag between the ropes? When did you ever see a guy halfway through the ropes when he was making a tag? And, and, and just to be clear, no, between the ropes is absolute bullshit. I'm with you, Chad. I mean, like, in the moment where you're setting somebody up, if it's not hand-to-hand, I've seen hand-to-shoulder be acceptable yeah like the ass the lower back under the ropes yeah that, that's nonsense that's not a legal tag and to AEW's credit you had Jim Ross questioning it because there were a lot of tag team matches tonight guys on this show Jim Ross questioned it every step of the way hey is that a legal tag it's like he's discovering this with us right it was great nonetheless yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. Natural, the natural nightmares get a tag team title shot next week. Um, Allie's wearing the jacket. Da, 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 da. We now know. Listen, we now know. I think Dustin Rhodes is next opponent. 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 <laughs> opponent. I think him and QT have a have a beef because he said Allie's not allowed to be in there. He's like, ah, oh, this is my bitch. She's gonna be there. Da, 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 da. So I think this is this is going to be Dustin QT, and they know each other so well that I think it's going to be amazing. Or do you have Allie versus Brandy with those two guys in their corners first as a way to kind of push them a little bit? Hopefully it's like in a lingerie. Anything with Allie in it is good. It's golden. Right. It's late in the night. Now we're getting to the funky uh, part. I'm, I'm a big fan of Brandy in, in instances and doses. I'd rather not see her in a lead-up match just so Dustin can get in the ring. Um, Mark, I'm with you. I think we see Dustin's next opponent. I don't think they win the tag team belts. I think they have a fallout. I'd like to see Dustin turn. I really would. It's something different. 
you can have him turn and they're still brothers, they still love each other, Brandy can support both of them. It's something different right now. I'd like to see Justin turn. Penelope Ford against Ann... I, holy Christ. What I need the to hell is wrong drunk. with you? Penelope Ford, Nyla against Statlander and Sheeta. Man, I like this match. I really... I, I really... I really like this match. I love Statlander and I love Sheeta. I really do. And Penelope... Wow. Is, how, how far has she come? I hope far. Um, she gets to win with the perfect flex. John is yeah. biting his lip because that was... Go ahead. Not, Nyla, <laughs> Nyla hit that flying leg drop she does while she's got her opponent on the ropes, but she hit both of her opponents uh, at the same time with that flying leg drop. She hit Statlander and Sheeta simultaneously, which is pretty awesome. And Chris Jericho noted that I think when Sheeta flipped over and came down, she got clotheslined by the bottom rope. What I wanted to say about this match, and this is not to sound chauvinistic, guys. This is just... You can't help but notice she's gorgeous. She's a great athlete. But Penelope Ford's oh. bottom goes up her ass. It just, it does, guys. <laughs> and Mark, this is not Mark to me. You're going to blame somebody, blame me. I have sent Mark text during the course of matches saying shit like, I feel like Penelope Ford's gynecologist. There is yes! nothing left in the imagination. And to quote Shakespeare, to what? That time of moon with me. Meaning, based on what she was wearing, I could tell what time of moon it was <laughs> with Penelope Ford. For fuck's sake, cover up. Are you trying to say it was maybe the blood red moon? You could have seen the hot dog thrown down the hallway on the pin. Oh, my God. Guys, she was wearing <laughs> something indicative of what a woman might wear. At a whorehouse? Cycle. I don't, I don't need to see that. Just If you know that, cover up. I agree, disagree. I agree. Not I agree. the point of the match. I agree. I agree, and not the point of the match. Yep. <laughs> but that was the point yeah. of the. And, but that was the point of the match. It seemed like. Like the camera angle you was. Take your eyes off it. I, I couldn't miss it. Right there, it was. It was. It, it was just there and intriguing. It was, it was an unnecessary evil. But you just couldn't. It's like a car wreck. <laughs> Poor Penelope. I knew this and, was going to And I'll there. say this again. Let's let's take it back to a better thing. I remember seeing her in IWC with Joey, and she just pretty girl. She blossomed. But my my God. She blossomed. That's one way to put it. Enhancement talent. Um. The worst. She's a terrific athlete. They're all. This was a great match. I'm sorry for me. What I was able to see there, whether it's that or something else, I don't know. It stole focus for me. Now I can't unsee what I think was a pad. You guys, <laughs> it was worth something that covers your ass. It was 
well, no. She she where she has a pants not a pants suit but a pants wrestling attire. Why not wear that one when yeah. Uncle Charlie comes to say hi or whatever? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, uh, <laughs> What the fuck did we have to watch Darby for trying to come off of a ladder 17 times? That had nothing to... Great! Oh, my God! Oh, God, Chad's spilling shit? No, I am not! Why did we have to see that? If I did it as many times as Darby trying to get off of a ladder, I'd get it, too! Cool! You dropped a skateboard off of a ladder! What does that have to do with anything? This this pissed me off! When I rewatched it... I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? Again! I'm with you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it showed him in his element. You know, we saw... Good. You know what? I'll, I'm, I'm putting a video up next week of me throwing garbage. Here we are. Here's Mark coming down Monterey Street in Ridgeway. Look at him throwing that garbage bag. He's a fat son of a bitch. Okay. Okay, I get I got the best one with Darby yet. Okay, it has come out that Darby Allen did this reality TV show. We need more beer for next week. That he did this reality TV show called "Sex Landed Me in the Hospital." Where did you find them, Cornet? Because it it has come out the the anyway. Anyway, he did this show. Um, he sent the producers, hey, I got you a story. They liked it. Evidently, he needed money so bad, they flew him from wherever on the East Coast to California, gave him a hotel room. He hired this actress in California, and they went on that they did this thing of they were out in the woods, you know, Going at it, rolled over into a bee's nest, and had to go to the hospital. This is Darby. what Darby Allen does for money. So your skateboard off of a ladder is like five-star compared to his first appearance on multimedia. I definitely didn't think it was going to go there. Very bad. How, how, do we, how do we transition into poor Brent? I, 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 there's no transition. Just go to Brent. Brent needs, yeah, you just gotta go to it. Brent needs more respect is what it is. She's a role model, and she's still not getting her respect yet. Great segment. Another good segment with her. What else is there to say? It's funny. It's entertaining. It borders on preposterous with her, but... She's really coming to her own, man. It's keeping her relevant. Injury yep. be, injury being real or not, just taking a moment off, maybe, I don't know what she, maybe she's really busy in the office and she can't have matches or whatever the hell's going on. She's relevant. She's, I, I love Sheeta. Nyla's great. She's the hottest, both ways in my book, she's the hottest woman on AEW right now. Yeah, she's, uh, her is a bitch. I'm sorry. That is her calling, is to be a bitch in wrestling. She just pulls it off so well. She doesn't break where, as when she was 
a good guy. Um, she kind of broke. I don't want to say kayfabe a little bit, but she was, you know, smiling and stuff like that. But as as a bitch, she just is have. She just looks like she's having so much fun. Yeah, that's what I get out of everything. She's having so much fun. Inner circle and the best versus the best friends and Cassidy. Uh, Chad wants to go first, so he's gonna. Um, I. Uh, Cassidy finally got his ass kicked and bloody. Uh, that was the only thing I can really take out of this match. Who uh, got beat with oranges? It was amazing. It was blood oranges. It was. He's blood, blood orange. orange Cassidy now. So it was. This is this is. 80s, oh, this is great. They're just Roddy Piper, the Moondogs hitting you with a bone, the coconut on the head. With Roddy Piper and Snooker. Yeah, this is perfect, Jericho. Absolutely. I could give a shit about the match. What happened after is amazing. Do you guys think that any WWE versus AEW... AW wrestlers across the board, every single one of them, look like they're having fun. Yeah, they do. Like they're enjoying themselves. WWE looks like they're there. You know, somebody's yep. got them by the scrotum and is twisting, so they're going to do whatever. WWE reminds me of WCW, and I don't think WWE's going anywhere. They've got a gobjillion dollars. But it reminds How much? me a gobjillion. Holy fuck. Is that English? Yeah. That's affection? not English. No. No. Oh, no. Yeah. oh, okay. No, that's Greek or Latin Greek. or something. Um, so they're not going anywhere. And WCW would not have gone anywhere had Turner just said, hey, this isn't worth it anymore. Um, fuck the Bristol. WCW reminds me of WCW in its last days. People just don't look like they're having fun. A lot of turmoil backstage. You're 100% right, Chad. AEW looks like they're having fun. And the fun they're having there they could have had in WWE like FTR they teased that whole hey we're bringing tag team wrestling back we're real tag team wrestlers and for whatever reason WWE either didn't give that a chance or, or, or I don't know but you know what they said we're taking our show and we're leaving and, and it's working on AEW I got, I got three words for you to describe why FTR didn't get uh, over in WWE, Vince fucking McMahon. What? MJF bitches about the jungle jabroni. Uh, quick little segment with MJF, but he gets it over. That's it. And then he has a he has a, a beef with Billy, not Billy Gunn, because now WWE after a year AEW more or less a year into business. Let's just roll this out is now going to say that Billy Gunn cannot be Billy Gunn. He's just Billy. But his son can be Billy Gunn Jr., whatever the hell the son, because he was never in the WWE. Now, the Billy Gunn that we know, real name Kip whatever, cannot be Billy Gunn. He's going to look it up all of a sudden. He's just Billy from here on out, because he can't be Billy Gunn. But he's part of the gun company or gun club or... Motherfucker. It, no, it's the right thing to do. If you're a business and you can cost the competition a few bucks, it's what you have to do. I'm not a Vincent Man fan. This is the right thing 
for him to do. You can't let them have that name if it doesn't belong to them. But they can use the son can use it. The son can use it because he's not been there, so he can come in as. So it's going to be the same thing that Cody went through. Coming to the ring is Cody and Brandy Rhodes. They're not saying Cody Rhodes, so they're going to say, come to the ring, Billy and Barbarian Gun, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. I looked at Barbarian. I'm Better like, than Carrion Cross. Well, yeah. Um, all right. Sammy against Colt. Guys, I told you. I don't care about the match. Colt Cabana sees the ways. Yes, the Dark Order is coming. I hope you fall asleep on the toilet tonight. <gasps> Just because of that. No, no Dark Order. Numero uno, Posse, or whatever the hell his name is, and that, no. If Colt goes to them, no. No. So, Mark, <laughs> Chad. We, when we watched full episodes of Raw or SmackDown, you guys, Mark more so, complained about a just-because match. This didn't fold anything. It was just a match. And I said, once in a while, you can have a just-because match just because. AEW proved you can have a just-because match, which is what this was, and not just fold one story, but two. This is how good their booking is. This was just theoretically a match between two guys looking to climb in the rankings. Two guys with losing streaks, looking to end losing streaks. So it told the story of two guys with losing streaks. It got Sammy Guevara a win, which was absolutely necessary when there are rumors among the can crushers that he's going to get dumped uh, from the inner circle. And it forwarded the story of Boom Boom Cabana maybe joining a group. So a just-because throwaway match which was good on its own, athletically speaking, forwards three fucking stories, you guys. That's how good AEW is right now. And then Sammy uh, gets on the mic and Hardy comes out, pays respect, da 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 da, da. You're going to get the Sammy against Hardy match. Cool shit. I think this will be great for Guevara. Um the Matt Hardy going into epileptic seizures and switching characters and stuff like that. I, I, okay, enough of that. Um, I think Guevara, this is a this is something that needs to be pushed for him. I think he maybe a quick victory over Hardy, kicking him in the ass, and Hardy going into the he can destroy it. It'll destroy him. He'll go into the broken thing that I don't know if, you know, I could I could beat a broom handle type thing, whatever. Great. Um, did you hear, I, I don't know which commentary said it, but uh, the champ is here reference. Did you hear the champ is here reference uh, as Moxley walked down because he was pissed off about Taz and Cage in the ring spewing their their nonsense. The champ is here. Even that that is going to be brought up real soon from WWE. That that is theirs. Nobody in the world can say the champ is here. It can't be boxing. It can't be 
the, the Houston Astros, the kid, nobody is going to be able to say that pretty damn quick because they made reference Wednesday night that the champ is here, and that is Moxley. How are they going to wait before you start? How is the WWE going to get the champ is here? Because that's all about John Cena. But Muhammad Ali said that way back when, right? Like, that that's not... You know he's going to try. If they copyrighted it, they copyrighted it. I guess you can't argue with that. I don't know if, if, if WWE's copyrighted that or not, but Ali was saying that when, when he was the heavyweight champion of the world. The champ is here. Chad's looking something up. I don't asso- if you ask me, with whom do you associate the champ is here? Fucking John Cena or Muhammad Ali? I'm going to say Muhammad Ali. Just saying. See me? This is me. This is me yeah. stirring the pot. But in wrestling, wrestling. Yeah. We have two bases, we have simple minds, and we have us. Yeah. Well, yeah, then John Cena comes to mind. Yes. There, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The guru's got something on the old teleprompter. It is actually trademarked by a group called Jadicus. How the fuck did you find that? Typed in the champ is here. It's a it's a song by them, which would be June the tri- 2014, June 2014, June 14th, 2004. The champ is here. Aya, ah, yeah. we we need we we have to play. Oh, that's properly. good enough. No, we don't want to listen to it. Senior anniversary of the champ is here. Yeah, we do. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Today, 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 right now, because that's what the show's airing. Yeah, today is the right. There is actually a trademark on Jadakus has another song, The Champ Is Here Part Two. So okay, we're getting way the hell off. No, we're not. Here. We're not. We're not. We we have to we have to get this. Hold on. Here's I have to skip a goddamn commercial because YouTube is now all about. But the first YouTube reference is Muhammad Ali. Okay, we're like, Get it. All right, what, what? That, no, that, that, I don't know what that is. Oh, Chad's out of beverages, too. If you ask me if that song is referencing John Cena or Muhammad Ali, ah, I'm going to go ahead and say Muhammad Ali. I, I got to agree with John on that. I'm not a Muhammad Ali fan, but, yeah, if somebody said that, I'd be like Muhammad Ali, just because I've heard it say it, him say it. All right, they, so they destroy a car in the parking lot. Talk about that. I have to go get two more beverages. We need to keep this rolling, though, because I don't want to take a fourth All right. break. All right. I just want to say quickly about Muhammad Ali. A few weeks ago, I mentioned... What? Anyway, a few weeks ago, I mentioned Muhammad Ali taking a bump. It was from Gorilla Monsoon. And I didn't have anything to drink back then, but I said Muhammad Ali took an airplane spin from Muhammad Ali. All right, that's good enough. Gorilla Monsoon. All right. Alright, so the main event... No, hold on a second. <laughs> remember the Jake... John, do you remember seeing the Jake Roberts uh, snowman Muhammad Ali thing mid-South? God, hearing about that when they brought they, in... Yes. Yep. Jake Roberts at... When uh, Mike Tyson, they had their little thing at the pay-per-view a week or so ago, 
Jake Roberts actually mouthed to Mike Tyson, I didn't fucking sell for Ali. I'm not selling for you. Oh, wow. wow. That was something that was brought up, and I was like, oh, holy shit. Okay, anyway. Right. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Main event of the night was Cody versus Mark Quinn. Um, <sighs> Mark Quinn was from <sighs> just a match. But it was it was typical Cody. It set well. It, it sets up Hager against Cody at Fighter Fest, but Fighter Fest is free. It's free to July first and eighth or whatever the hell. It's back to back weekends. But as we record, it's the thirteenth, and as the show was, it's the. Blah, blah, blah. There's two weeks in between Cody defending this every week on Dynamite. So you've just given up the next two weeks of Dynamite if he defends it against Marco Stunt or Lucha Libre or Nacho Libre. It doesn't matter who he defends it against because now you've already given up. It's going to be Cody against Hager. Just say Hager, yeah, that's, that's just say just Hager a, gets the shot at Fighter Fest. That's just a pay-per-view defense. They haven't, haven't said... Anything about Cody not defending the next couple of weeks before that? Yeah, but he he promised, he promised it's an open challenge every week. Da da da. That's where I'm going with this. I, I think all that the way you explain it is if he has a title defense next week and the week after that is, hey, the winner of this will have to pick up the contract. For Jake Hager, that's all. I, for years, wrestling has given stuff away. Like I know, you know I know. To go see this guy, this guy. Well, then you know he's winning the match on TV because you have a ticket for that match three weeks from now. So it's, he's likely going to defend the belt uh, you, successfully on TV for the next few weeks. You bought a ticket to WrestleMania, not knowing what you were going to really see. Right? Exactly. Two weeks earlier, I saw Tito Santana against Greg Valentine. What if Santana won? Would he defend against Valentine, the former champion, or Junkyard Dog, the guy who had the title match for WrestleMania? Fortunately, Santana lost, and nothing got turned upside down. Dang it. Dang it to all. Um, all right, that's the week in wrestling. That's, that's the week in wrestling and us drinking what? Um... Let's talk about let's talk about your websites. Let's talk no, no, about is Dustin too big for this not Dustin, I'm sorry. God, every week. Is Cody too big for this belt? Is it overshadowing the World Heavyweight Championship in AEW, this TNT title? Is he too big for this championship? He's legitimizing this title right now, and then once he drops it, he'll never go back to it. He needs to make it. He needs to make it big right now. This needs to be like this is. This is their, and I hate to say it. This is their, going to be their mid card title, right? This is going to be as much as you hate Orange Cassidy. This is going to be the Orange Cassidy, the Marco Stunt, the ta 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 ta. Um, not Brent. Trent. Trent breaks away from best friend. This is going to be their title, but to make it something right now. Yeah, Cody needs to have it. And, okay. and if it's uh, Hager that gets it, I I personally think Hager's a step down from Cody. 
but he could run with it for a month, and then you get a surprise victory from Ray Phoenix. Because where the fuck are the Lucha Brothers at? I think right now with this, uh, I'll, I'll just call it TV title. It's exactly that what Cody it is. has. That's pretty much what it is. I think that it has its place with the pandemic without the fans being there. It's something you just don't know who the hell he's going to go against, who he's going to play were the world title for legitimacy purposes. They want to develop storylines. Yeah. So I think that's where they're kind of going, you know, they'll kind of go with that. I think it's very beneficial right now for it to be treated this way. Is Cody too big for it? I don't I don't think too big for it, but I think he's like almost a perfect starting point because if they put this on and I love uh Jungle Boy and that it just wouldn't have as much. It's gonna be have to be somebody There's no prestige. And yeah, I hate to say it that way. Yeah, but it, it Cody is a known name, you know for many years, some whoever beats him, if it's Hager, I don't see a problem with Hager beating him because Hager has so many more options to wrestle than Cody does. You know, Hager's a prick. He has all all the good guys, whether it's, you know, from that douchebag Orange Cassidy to, you know, uh, oh, what's the hell, the, the dinosaur dude. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, it's somewhere to... Cody can go anywhere and drop in the title. That's that's just where I see it. I, th I just think that Cody losing the title can go either way. Whereas if you had somebody, a good guy, you know, having it, there's only one way to go. Cody can go either way. Just throwing this out there. What about QT Marshall? Fuck you, Cody. And double crosses him. What do you got? Anything? No, I just wanted to thank you guys for giving my question so much airtime. I appreciate it. So, I don't have a long trip home, but it's going to be rough up about 22 steps. Are you, uh, you, Mr. Guru, is the truck staying parked outside or are you going to drive yeah. home three steps? Responsibly, I will not drive tonight at all, regardless of the distance. Do you want my wife to bring you home? I don't know about that. I'm just Wait, thinking of right now when we I get off. I don't understand here. where that question went. The first thing I have to do is piss. <laughs> I do have to piss. John, you're good. You're already in bed. Your wife just needs to throw a fucking blanket on you, and you're good That's to good. go. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Did you finish the bottle? No, I got a little bit left. I may finish it tonight. I got a little bit left. Nice. Guys, uh, probably one of my favorite shows in a long time. Not going to lie to you. This was a great show. I think the alcohol adds a little bit to us. i just say it. Nothing? This was fun. This is better than early Sunday mornings with coffee. Saturday nights with beer and whiskey is better than Sunday mornings with coffee. Just we, saying. We're, we're making it happen. Show will still come out on Sundays, guys, because... There's no way in fuck I could edit right now. It's not happening. Okay, Chris LaRusso, you're a punk. Nobody Jimmy, turned out to be Chris LaRusso tonight. Jimmy, Jimmy Nuts 
you know, John's not worth your time. Jock Sampson, it's you and me, fat boy. <laughs> on that oh, note, shit. on that <laughs> note, I am getting text from. Uh, oh, not, nope, won't even respond to who that is from. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's all at CanCrusher69. Head over to our website that has been stagnant now for four months because we're not going anywhere because we don't know what's going on. But you can still get all our episodes from our website. It's tagged on all those other social media places. Please let us know what you thought of this shit show tonight via the email. CanCrusher69 at gmail.com. The picture that you saw on Twitter and on Instagram probably will not be our next shirts. Uh, a couple people have asked about if that's going to be a shirt. God, you don't want to have John's nine head on your front chest. And don't worry about Facebook with that picture where it says uncover photo. It's not that bad. It's pretty bad, but not that bad. It's not that bad. Um... We'll let you know more about that picture that's on those social media things as soon as we can. Uh, it's in the making. It's pretty fucking big. And we're excited about it. And we all have to piss. So we're going to wrap it up. Remember, Chad, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a trash can. Not a trash cannot. Whatever. It works.